0: I'm Justin.
1: And I'm Blake.
0: Welcome to the How Do You Figure podcast. This week, we're talking Kenner superpowers with our guest, Daniel Pickett. But first, Blake, did you buy any toys this week?
1: You know, the last toy I bought was the San Diego Comic-Con Han Solo Black Series exclusive. So it's been a while.
0: It has been a while. That's it's crazy.
1: Good. Well, you know, there were a lot of financial reasons to keep me at bay for a little bit. I but understand. How about you? Did you buy anything this week?
0: I did not. I would like to have. I really want to get my hands on this Hero Cross Scrooge McDuck figure. It's from Hong Kong. It's by this Hong Kong toy company called Hero Cross, Right. Who makes a lot of these, like, metal vinyl figures that have the, like, regular-sized bodies but big heads that are all the rage these days. Yeah, like
1: the DK mode from GoldenEye.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, but they also make very highly detailed, highly accurate Disney figures action figures. They're like a hybrid metal, and they are gorgeous. They are one of the best action figures I have ever seen. And right now, all I have is Donald Duck. Don't really want Mickey or Minnie. I may at some point get the Winnie the Pooh, but I really want to get all the ducks. There is a Scrooge McDuck that is possibly the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. (laughs) When I was a kid, the number one toy line I wanted that didn't exist was DuckTales. And this Scrooge McDuck, there's nothing on earth right now I want more than this Scrooge McDuck. And unfortunately, I cannot figure out how to buy it from Hero Cross. There was a pre-order that sold out. It went up for sale for a few days. It immediately went down. I have emailed them. I have Facebook messaged them. And I can't figure it out. There's also a Huey, Dewey, and Louie 3-pack. That I ordered from Big Bad Toy Store Mm -hmm. over a year ago and never received. Eventually, they just canceled my order. And I've seen the Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They're out there. Uh, My friend Bill just picked one up in Hong Kong, uh, so I know I can get those. But there is no sign of this Scrooge McDuck. And frankly, Blake, I am starting to panic.
1: (laughs) going to say you sound more flustered than i've seen you and i, I have want this you on, so bad <laughs> i have been with you on stressful film sets i have been with you in relationships have ended and in this moment you seem more concerned than i've seen you in my lifetime
0: when i say this is a beautiful figure like that's an understatement this thing is amazing and it comes with like a, a shotgun and it comes with accessories from like the carl barks like really? comics, but it's very, it's DuckTales specific. Now and there's supposed to in. be a Webby coming out as well. And if they make a launch pad, I will fly to Hong Kong to of course. make sure. You'd have but to crash the plane. Look, if anyone that. happens, anyone from Hero Cross <laughs> happens to be listening, please return my mini emails and Facebook messages yeah, I wanna so I can give you money.
1: I don't know CPR. So if he falls <laughs> down on this podcast, it's the end of the show. So we need to get this delivered quickly.
0: So are you, are you still enjoying this Minoc 3-pack that you bought half a year ago? It's
1: a very good figure. It was a very good display case. And I bought it. I was super into it, and I loved it. And I recently discovered that in the next wave of Star Wars Section's Black si- Series figures is that figure. So the idea The Han Solo. The Han Solo.
0: So what was exclusive? The Minoc? The
1: Minoc. Which isn't terrible, so that means that that Minoc to them is $15, and the six-inch Solo is 20
0: You know, back in the day when I was really hardcore into Star Wars, I wouldn't have had a problem dropping 15 bucks on a Minoc.
1: I don't really. I love that Minoc. Let me be very clear. It is
0: dope. Uh, so you're it's complaining fine. about the Minoc? I don't know what's I happening. I like the <laughs> Minoc.
1: What I am complaining about is that my exclusivity, the fun, the hunt, the chase is now diluted because this figure that I, to be fair, waltzed up and bought with relative ease at San Diego Comic-Con is now easily found on Amazon, on shelves. See, I don't mind that. And I'm conflicted.
0: I'm so over. Like, first of all, there hasn't been an exclusive from one of the big toy companies at Comic-Con that I've wanted in years. There have been some Funko here and there, but Mattel, Hasbro, nothing. I'm very happy with like the shared exclusives that, you know, Funko will have them at the booth at the conventions but right. also in stores. I'm happy about that. I'm getting older, Blake. I am an old man who is frustrated <laughs> with having to get back in the day when I was a child, when I was your age. I stood in line every single day at Comic-Con in order to get these exclusive Green Lanterns that right. were a different color every day. Where are those today? I think I still have them. I really have no idea. I'm not even that big of a Green Lantern fan. Why did I waste my time at Comic-Con doing that? And I agree with you.
1: I just am kind of like, well, I think the specialness, the thrill of the hunt, is so small in toy collecting now already with Toys R Us being gone with kind of store exclusives kind of the the thrill of the chase is so easy now even with like old things So you're found.
0: you're pro so you're pro exclusives and you want them to be harder to get. That's your stance on exclusives.
1: If I get it, I want it to be harder to get. I will flip-flop the second that I don't get the thing that I want. This is my conflict.
0: Blake Today we're talking about a toy line that had one of the first exclusives. They were mail-away exclusives. We're talking about Kenner's superpowers... Blake? Yes, sir? The year was 1984. My dad took me to the movies at the local mall. I can't tell you what movie we saw. I have no recollection. I just remember that when whatever movie that was was over, we went to the local mall toy store. Not a KB, but just a local mall toy store. And that's when I saw him for the first time. What could possibly be the greatest action figure line of all time. Superpowers. At the time, I thought they were a line for the 66 Batman TV show because I had never seen the Super Friends cartoon. But every day in syndication at the time, I was watching the old 66 Batman show. So when I saw a Batman, a robin, a joker, a penguin that looked just like what I was seeing or close enough to what I was seeing on television, I lost my mind.
1: Well, I think this was one of the first lines that I candidly missed entirely. I was born in 1989. This was gone. I did not see it on shelves. This is going to be a great... I've done my research and my The version of homework. all these
0: characters were gone by that point. Crisis had well, wiped them all out. So
1: that's what's really crazy about this line is to me, this is the DC style guide. When I think of like DC, I still oh, imagine this, this art style, style the blue Batman costume. This is what I picture because so many of those old cartoons, Super Friends, all of that was running in syndication in the mornings before I would go to school. Yeah, when, when I, I, picture I, when I it, close
0: my eyes and picture DC characters, these are the designs I picture. Yeah. And that's why we're talking superpowers this week. And our guest this week to talk superpowers, Daniel Pickett. Action figure, insider's own, Julius Marks. Daniel, how's it going?
2: It's going great. Awesome. You know me. I love talking superpowers. Oh,
0: I know. It's my jam. This is not the first time we've done this, but the first time with microphones. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. So, Daniel, do you remember when you saw superpower figures for the first time?
2: Yes, and that's kind of a strange story also. So, I was still collecting toys in 84, But I had, for some reason, I made a hard stop. You know, I was totally into Star Wars, like all the Kenner stuff. And I just stopped. After Return of the Jedi, I stopped. I never got any of the Power of the Force guys. And I just did this pivot to Gen 1 Transformers. Like, that's all I was after. So I was in the stores looking for that. So I know I saw them, but they didn't really register with me. At that time in my life, I was comic wise a Marvel kid growing up as a little kid I exclusively read DC but at that time it was like Marvel, Marvel, Marvel so it wasn't until around when you were born like the 89 Batman and then with Batman animated series I was reading the J.M. DeMattis Doctor Fate series oh yeah And uh, because I was starting to transition back into D.C. with like Sandman and Animal Man and all that stuff. And a buddy of mine was like, you know, they made a figure of Dr. Fate. I'm like, what are you talking about? No one has made (laughs) Dr. Fate. That is ridiculous. He's like, no, no. Like we have this. So I, this was a, I was at this community theater and there was a guy that hung out there that was like special needs that loved all things superheroes. And he would bring all his toys with him and hang out. I was like, no, no, James has got that guy. Go look. And I went like, what, what are you talking about? And so like, I was exposed to superpowers and from then on I was like, Dove in both feet. I was like, I have to get them all loose. I have to get them all carded. I have to get ones that have never been made. Uh, I have to learn everything about this line. And it just has become an obsession ever since. But in the stores, I missed them completely.
0: Huh. Yeah. so interesting.
2: Because, well, we. Know, I mean, you know they were on clearance in oh, KBs.
0: Yeah. And, like,
2: they were everywhere. Especially,
0: oh. like, I feel like those smaller, the shorter cards... Uh, the cut down cards that had like Robin, Batman, right? Like those would be in clearance bins at KBs for years after that line ended.
2: Those, those slim cards were actually only at a Canadian gas station.
0: Really? Of course yes. they were. What am I thinking of? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hold wow. on. There was yeah. a... I'm ashamed. Blank, so I'm ashamed. <laughs> I would be too I just if I hadn't... schooled by Daniel. <laughs> And luckily, he's the only person that I allow to school me in action figures.
1: If he hadn't said the words Canadian gas station, which to me is just like deep cut trivia knowledge that no one should have.
0: (laughs) Um, I should have that knowledge, Blake. You do
1: now. All of our listeners do now. Yes. Do you know the... I, hold on. I want to have so many thoughts at once on this one thing, and I want to get all of them straight. One, First of all, what we, were the 80s like? Yeah, tell me everything about gas that was less than $5 a gallon. That sounds fascinating. But really, we know toy-wise live in a world where when you see a... Well, I guess not Toys R Us anymore, but an Amazon exclusive, a GameStop exclusive, Best Buy. I get upset when it's like FYE, which I don't know where the hell an FYE is. They anywhere. used to have them. They just closed yeah. down here within the past two years. Yeah. But there was a time where the only place to get something collectible was not like a shell or an AMCO. It was a Canadian gas station. Right. A country you really only went to in America if you were eighteen and needed beer.
0: Look, that <laughs> that is the getting to Canada is the least of your worries if you were a superpowers collector because there was a figure two actually that were only available in Argentina. What? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're getting a little <laughs> deep right off the bat. We're <laughs> really in the weeds. <laughs> but, uh, so uh, let's backtrack a little bit, Blake, before we blow your mind too much, and jump into the original first Superpowers line. Great. So you had all of your like main classic DC yeah, superhero
2: twelve <laughs> figures in Wave One, in assortment <laughs> one, which was crazy at the
1: time. Yeah, I've got them pulled up if we need them. But yeah, there were twelve, and it is. You're right. These are like if you announce figures. Aquaman, Batman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Superman, your main six are just right there. Yes. You're cleared. I, you never see anything like this anymore when lines come out. Even when like, Marvel Legends does an Infinity War thing, they don't give you Iron Man and Cap right away. They throw in like two Serpent Societies and Moon Knight so they can save Spidey and Hawkeye for wave four and five. And look,
0: I'm not complaining about that. But uh, it was great to walk into the store and see all the core characters on the shelf.
1: Well, as a collector, I think it's fun to get the deep cuts. But when I was a kid, I wanted the main people. So it really would have been something. I remember collecting The Simpsons when I was a kid. One of the first big lines I did was NECA. And after Wave One, you never wait, saw Homer wait, in that show. NECA shirt.
2: Simpsons, not Playmates
1: Simpsons. Yes. Oh. It might have been Playmates then. I'm, I don't remember. I'm going to go take I my adults. teeth out. I'll be right back. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, they would do that first line. I think the only two Barts I have still are Bartman, who's awesome, and Sunday Best Bart. You never found another that one. It was Playmates. You that are talking about Playmates. Playmates. Great. You're not that okay. young.
0: <laughs> Though, like, my first uh, Simpsons line I collected was the Mattel line. All right. Oh. That's what I was say. There
1: was even another one before that. <laughs> interesting. I need to find that. What's,
0: but, what's interesting is, like, you say they're all, like, the main characters, but... As a little kid, when I first saw these, like, I didn't know. Because the first time I saw these figures was also the first time I ever knew of Flash, Green Lantern. Right. I had no Martian Manhunter. I had no idea who those characters were until I saw this line.
2: And th- something else that was, you know, a part of that time period and, and really it was kind of a Kenner staple was... All those main characters kept shipping through wave two and wave three. So you could find those iconic versions, that first wave, just on different card backs through the whole run of it. And that was, you know, when was the last time you saw
0: that in a toy line? Never anymore.
1: Yeah, no, that's I think now I I don't and I could be wrong entirely, but I feel like there is a a scarcity issue of we're going to release X amount and then they're. Gone, right? And then you're done. And I feel like back in the 80s and 90s, there was a much more of an effort to have you get all of them, collect all of them, play with all of them.
2: I don't know, toy mentality versus the collectible mentality,
0: right? That day that I saw the line for the first time, every toy in the line was there and readily available. Uh, Unfortunately, I remember I had to choose three of them, and I chose the Batman, Joker, and Penguin. And then got the rest of them one at a time uh, over the next year.
2: Do you remember your thinking why Penguin over Robin?
0: Uh, I liked Penguin more than Robin. Okay. Because this all is right. all based on the 66 Sure, show. sure. No, I get the, that. The, I hadn't read a comic, hadn't picked up a comic. Like, this is just me watching that show. And for some reason, I gravitated more to the Penguin than Robin. Okay. and I, mean, I respect and, that. I just and, uh, and that I was, think
2: most children would go...
0: That was the toughest decision because I remember paring it down to those four and then trying to figure out, like, which one. And I think even back then as basically a toddler, I had a feeling Robin would be easy to find.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There were going to be a lot of him. Batman kind of ran through orphans the way I run through Cheez-Its.
0: There were no accessories with Robin. Right. uh, And the penguin had the umbrella. That's right. And it was just colorful and fantastic and... I just loved it.
1: I think there's more storytelling with two villains you can do, too. There's That's more true. room That's for true. fun. They did team up a lot on that show, so. Yes. Yeah, that was, you know, back when the Joker and Penguin played nice.
0: Yes. But outside of those characters and then Superman and Lex Luthor, I didn't know who any of the other characters were. Wow, okay. And. Excuse me? Each of the figures in that first line came with a mini comic, mm-hmm. and the mini comic had the character's origin in it. Yeah, and reading those mini comics is how I learned the origin of the Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, everyone who wasn't a Batman or Superman character in that line.
2: But they also made sure to include the other characters in that wave. So yeah. you go, well, what's what's with this guy? So you weren't just reading that. It's just like, oh yeah, Hawkman would come by, and you go, oh well, now I got to find
1: out about that guy. And oh, were, that's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. Yeah.
0: And they were really great versions of the Origins. They were like the most basic version of the Origin. So you really like understood how they got their powers, where they came from, why they're superheroes. And just immediately with buying each of those toys, all of those characters resonated with me. And to this day, I still think of those as the origins of those characters.
1: And were these comics just one-offs for superpowers, or were they like... Right now, Marvel has the True Believers line, right? Where you can read The Return of Thanos or The Silver Surfer or whatever. Was it like that where it was a reprint of... No, these were made specifically for the figures. Great. Yeah. I
2: actually own the cover of the mini-comic for Aquaman. Wow. The original pencils
0: and inks. That is impressive. Yeah. And who did those?
2: Oh, boy. I can't pull the guy's name off, uh, off the top of my head.
0: It I wasn't... It wasn't the guy that did the designs, right?
2: No. No, it wasn't Underhill. Uh, I can't think of the guys that did those now.
0: Jose Garcia Lopez?
2: Jose Garcia Lopez was, like you were talking about earlier, the style guide. He did all of that artwork. So that
0: And that's the he artwork did that, on the cards it, as well, correct?
2: Yes. So he did all that, and then they had a guy sort of you know, mimic him. Gotcha. Then that became the style guide, which is what is all the artwork, but he, he laid down the groundwork for that. Uh, and then they just said, draw just like that guy.
0: I feel like that was the style guide all the way to the first crisis.
2: Yes, it absolutely was. Yeah. 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 It's a beautiful style guide. If you ever get it, it's, it's out there online. Huh. Uh, and they I was re-released say, that's the big kind DC of a
1: book about it is like yeah.
2: here it is. They re-released another version of it uh, in 2011 that I just recently got my hands on. Uh, that's just stunning. It's got like logos of things you like Catwoman logos that's and Two-Face logo like things you've never seen before. It's crazy.
0: That's a that's the other thing about the line and those cards like the Superpowers logo just really jumped off that card. Yes. Everything about it like the color, everything, like, went with the figures and everything so well.
2: So I actually, they did, I think that we know of, 25 different runs at that logo trying to figure it out. And I think I've got 14 of them. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, and I've got, a, and I have one color variant of what was the final version, too.
0: That what did. was the, was it just a different shade of red and yellow?
2: Uh, yeah, it was. There was kind of a brownish red in the one I've got huh. instead of like bright red. So,
0: and then after, I, I mean, I feel like after, but it could have been around the same time. I feel like these designs and those colors and those logos and everything started appearing on all DC merchandise.
2: Yes, there there was a lot of that. It it's it's been kind of interesting because uh I helped out when General Giant did their jumbo figures. Mm-hmm. Uh I work for General Giant now, but I didn't at the time, but they just knew I was a big superpowers guy and they had released uh an image of the Superman figure that they were going to do, but he had that Toy Biz Superman S and people went lost their minds. And they're like, no, you can't do that. That's a completely different look for that. And it turns out, Kenner kind of made that logo. <laughs> like, it doesn't exist in a style guide anywhere. And the artwork on Superman's card can't be found in the style guide either in that exact format. There's His cape is different in the style guide, but they had to make it flip to fit on the card. So there's all this kind of weird... Sort of toy uh, anthropology that we've had to do to mimic and and get those exact uh, specifications for what they did on that because right. it was just like that that S was so broad and kind of squatty it was like it didn't appear anywhere else so you had to uh, one of the guys that started AFI with me Jason Geyer like he hand drew that logo it was like no use this this is what it looks like because he's. <laughs> He's kind of the most uh, anal guy about that stuff, but he's always right. You know, that's kind of the the amazing thing. It's just like, no, no, he's got this eye for it. He can immediately look and go, no, it's this, this, and this. And he just fixes it. So he was like, if we're going to make this, we're going to do this right, let's make sure they do it right. And they they to their credit, changed it to make sure it actually matched what the Superpowers logo, what they ended up using.
0: So. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And these were the 12-inch versions that General Giant did of the Superpowers yes. figures. Yeah. They yeah. came out a couple of years ago. Correct. Um, now, the first line of Superpowers, would you consider it the best line of superhero figures ever made?
2: Yes, by far. Uh, you... Nowadays, especially when you think about, like, DC lines and and modern toy lines, a lot of times they just have different guys sculpting it. So you can see the weird idiosyncrasies of each person. These all look like they were done by the same guy. You know, everything was, all the articulation was uniform. All the heights were the correct scale to each other. Like, they really... Sat down and made sure this is a cohesive line, and they stuck to that through all three waves of it.
0: Yeah, when you get into line two and you start bringing in uh, those fourth world characters of Kirby's, like the Dark Side, I just remember being so impressed because it's it's in scale for the time. Yep, and that's another character where I saw Dark Side for the first time in a toy aisle. Yeah, and right away the size of that figure. The glowing red eyes, like everything told me immediately, this is a villain that's dangerous.
1: Well, that was one of the impressive things that this is my first taste of superpowers. I might own like one or two that I'm unaware of at home from when I was a kid. But this is the first time I'm really looking at it. We talk about storytelling and toys in a few other episodes. To me, this nails that to exactly what Justin said. You know who these characters are from the art from the way they're posed on the back card, from the way the figures are designed. There's like a, a villainous aspect to it that I think now it gets kind of watered down. And I think that's a lot of different things. That's just like designs of heroes change. But like, and now everybody on the planet knows who Batman and Superman are. But it would be hard sometimes to figure out if Zod or Superman is the hero or villain from their toys because they're just plastic people with black and blue. Yeah, And this really, really has a distinction And you can almost tell who they fight, because because of how they're scaled and sized up, obviously Darkseid would go against more of a Superman, and the Penguin would go to somebody like Batman. There's a scale and scope to the characters that I think you start to see in even the comics. Of like, well, why doesn't the Joker go to Metropolis? Because he would die instantly
2: in that fight. And they did something else kind of revolutionary that wasn't done at the time, was that Darkseid was bigger So they gave him a bigger card and a bigger blister, and they shipped him in his own case. Like, they were that uh, committed to a quality of scale that they were like, all right, we'll just make him big and ship him in his own case instead of like, you know, now everything's cost-cutting and everything has to be like 14 different languages so we don't have to make different cards for different countries and stuff,
1: but at the time it was like, that was bonkers. And now he'd be a Build-A-Figure and you would need to buy three figures that you don't want to have. <laughs> You'd have to buy six figures yeah. and three that you don't want. Right.
0: It's, it's definitely like you know, the first wave as far as villains had Lex, Penguin, Joker, Brainiac. Um... All great villains, but the fourth world characters were definitely, there was just something about them that you knew they were more trouble than these other bad guys. <laughs> They just—they weren't wacky at all, right. like Luther and the Joker. Well, like, was these that, were bad guys.
1: That Joker card, looking at it, like he looks sixty-six. Batman is exactly right. He has like a mallet over his head. And he's like almost dancing. Where the dark side one is just—he's got his arms crossed and he's going to go mess stuff up. And the, jo- the Joker no mallet,
0: probably to this day, my favorite accessory to ever come with an action figure. That was just beautiful. Yep.
2: But I don't. I I think we don't want to sort of uh, skirt Brainiac because that is a gorgeous figure. Yes, vac metalized had that clear dome on which they actually painted underneath. They, you know, painted the yellow and red, and then had an action feature. Like he was big. He was scary looking. It was just like he looked like nothing else in the line. And it was so creepy. It was just like he was such a great villain in that line. He's, he's really one of my favorite figures. In that yeah,
0: that, it's interesting because, like, each one of those characters in that first line are very unique. Mm-hmm. You don't get, like, another robot. You don't get, like, another clown. Like, you get, yeah. like, very specific characters. And I think that's another thing that made that line, like, really pop that first time around.
2: And they all had fun action features that didn't impede on the articulation. They, for the most part, related to the character. Uh, And that was just, you know, there's so many lines. You know, you you saw it even a bit with like when Toy Biz started doing X-Men. It's like, well, he's got a head, that his visor has to light up so his neck can't turn anymore. You know, it's like they they sort of, well, okay, this guy's going to have a spring feature, so his arm's always going to be out like this. Uh, but the superpowers, none of them are like that. They can all stand together and all feel I like remember one the, cohesive the thing. The Wonder
0: Woman, especially when it comes to the power features, mm-hmm. like her being able to do the cross of the arms. Yeah. Like you know, again, my only knowledge of any of these characters is that at this point came from the TV shows and the movies. Right. So I was very familiar with the Linda Carter Wonder Woman, and I knew that that's what she did. Yeah. And then the figure could do it. And I don't know if another Wonder Woman figure since has ever had that action.
1: No, I don't think so. I think you're right. Not that well. Not that you have to, like, bend some plastic and get
0: it there. Yeah. Like... I mean, this, she just squeezed the legs, yep. and boom, she did the thing. Yep. And yep. yeah, Green Lantern with the with the bringing the ring up and Flash running. Like, you almost Aquaman never... Aquaman swimming? Yeah, Aquaman swimming. Kicking those legs? Man. Now... Mentioning Aquaman. Yes. I know Aquaman is your favorite character. <laughs> kind of. I, I, I don't see how you can <laughs> say anything but. It's funny. Because that this man <laughs> has an Aquaman collection, the likes of which I don't think anyone else
2: that has. That is true. But that was actually born out of owning that mini comic, the cover of that. So I got that framed. Uh and, you know, using the same colors, like it's got a yellow frame and blue and red matting. So I got the the mini comic by itself, the real one. I have a carded Aquaman in the middle and then the cover next to it. I had that framed. And God bless my wife. She let me put it, like, in the dining room. And there was, like, a little shelf below. It. And I was like, that'd be kind of funny if I just dug up all the Aquaman I had. Because, like, Scott Rogers has, a, a, like, a Batman bathroom. And I was like, oh, I should... I've got some Aquaman. I'll put some there. And he's a character that there's not that many of. So this will be fine. This will just be a cute collection. And then it just cascaded into this obsession <laughs> that, uh, which, you know, I have got a great a greater appreciation. You know, i always liked Aquaman because I was a sucker for superpowers, for not superpowers, but uh, the super friends. Like, yeah. that was, you know, my destination every Saturday was to watch that show.
1: I think you can always tell a good comic fan if they're like, yeah, Aquaman's fine. I think the default is to be like, he's a nobody and he talks to fish. Anybody who's read a few comics is like, he's got that hook for a hand sometimes, and he'll kill you with
0: it. Oh, even before that. I I argue that Aquaman has always been great. Oh, he's always been great.
1: My first taste of Aquaman was the the claw hand.
0: The Peter David claw hooked.
1: Outside of the Super Friends. Long
0: hair. Now, speaking of Super Friends, a lot of people think that this is a Super Friends toy line.
2: Right. Uh, that came from the it, it kind of because they did dovetail Super Friends into Superpowers in way in wave season 3. So they definitely played into that. There was a Kirby did an actual comic book series. Uh, I think it was they see I think it was three different series, three different four-issue series and then they really focused on superpowers for that third season. So you had like Samurai and, uh, and uh, uh, Cyborg was in every episode. So yeah, they, they did sort of shift that in, in the 80s to dovetail in, into the toy line.
1: Well, and I think that mistake probably happens, too, because Super Friends, when I was growing up, was the, like, early morning cartoon that was on syndication. Like, before I went to school, it was that, Scooby-Doo, a pup named Scooby-Doo, all these cartoons that I literally didn't realize, to your point of, like, these things were older than I thought earlier, had no idea were from the, like, mid to earlier 80s or even further back until I was much older. I was like, what do you mean Scooby-Doo is from the 60s? <laughs> uh, these preposterous things, because it's just there. But that was really the last bastion, to your point. The first crisis wiped this style out of DC Comics. In the 90s, Superman had a mullet and was made of electricity. You didn't see that style ever again. So I think for people my age and younger, they see this and they associate it with that, which was running. And it just kind of pairs up. It's also, if you're even younger than me, I guess, the robot chicken aesthetic pulls from Super Friends, and that's probably also a weird, like, bullet. I don't know where else the Legion of Doom comes up besides that parody anymore. So, yeah,
2: so with Super Friends, you know... First season they mostly fought like, you know, lava people and mole people and rock people and stuff. Then we second season they got more into Legion of Doom. But third season where they started calling it, you know, the Super Powers Hour or whatever.
0: I believe it they, was Super Friends, the legendary Super legendary, Powers Show. Yes, that's what it was. Rolls right off the tongue. God, <laughs>
1: that's like that Super Mario Brothers three cartoon that was called Super Mario Brothers three, the cartoon, not even pretending it had anything to do. That would
0: not get through marketing nowadays.
2: No. But Darkseid was the villain in that season, and Desaad was hanging out with him in Calibac, so it was like that's who they fought for that season.
0: It's it's crazy now to look back and see how many New Gods, Fourth World characters there were in the superpowers line.
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah.
0: And by the time you get to the third year, you have Mr. Miracle... And it's just, and all great, great looking figures and all great representations of the
2: But then the you characters. you also start getting into weird, like, let's just make up some guys for this. You know, you've got... Uh, <laughs> now, do you know the thing.
0: reasoning behind that? Because, yeah, what characters were made up for the toy line?
2: Uh, I, I'm trying to remember the... If if Samurai had been in the in the cartoon previously... Golden Pharaoh, I think he had, had, yeah. Golden Pharaoh's one that was kind of like, okay, Uh, you know, Orion looked different than we've ever seen him in that third wave because they wanted to include that action feature.
0: So, yeah, speaking of the third wave, a lot of people say the line started to die out at this point, but, you know, I bought most of these in the store when I was a kid at the now, of course, closed down Burbank Toys R Us. At
1: the uh, Halloween toy store that is now just going to serve your Why Halloween meals. you have oh, to dig the knife in every time? <laughs> oh, my God. I'll tell you a very... I want to save my Toy Story story. I went over to that Burbank Toys R Us the day that it was done. So I'm going to do one last run. I pulled up. Parking lot was empty. And I was like, oh, no, the front door is already closed. What a shame I won't be going. And then I saw a guy walk out Locked the side door and just chucked the key away,
0: and get in his
1: car and left. And then I just drove away in my very loud V eight (laughs) engine. So there was like a moment where we saw each other and I was like, this is uh, where well, I'm here at the time of death.
0: Yeah, the customer service of that Burbank store wasn't spectacular in the last decade. <laughs>
1: Most of that store, Justin, in the last years I've lived in L.A., which is less than a decade, it's, it's bad. I'm
0: pretty sure everyone in that store was on the take by the end.
1: Oh, yeah. So I, I have a story about
2: that store at the end. Uh, I went probably, I don't know, the week before... And I wanted to get some of the the non-licensed signage that they had, like yes. for the collector, whatever that was called, the collector vault. And, you know, I knew exactly what I wanted. And I was talking to the guy, and I was like, you know, I've been coming to the store for 20 years. And uh, he was like, I know you can't sell the license stuff because I'd heard that, you know, I'd tried at other stores, and my wife had tried, and other people have tried. And uh, so he pulled me down, like three signs I was looking at, I was like, well, thanks. I just, you know, I wanted to, you know, I know since you can't do the license stuff. And he goes, what do you want? I go, what do you mean? And I go, what what are you looking for that's licensed? And I was like, well, my wife works at Mattel on Hot Wheels. I want to get some of the Hot Wheels stuff. And he's like, let's go walk over there. And he walked over there and he gave me like all this stuff. He just threw it in. he was like, he gave me a price. He was like, if you're going, uh, if you're doing a credit card, it's this much, if you got cash. It's this much. And he goes, I'm just looking to buy my people pizza on the last day. He was like, all oh. the liquidator people have got their money now. I don't care about them. I just want to take care of my crew. And I was like, I got cash.
0: I like that guy. Yeah, I that, don't know who that man is, that, but that's a true Robin that Hood. That makes me feel a little bad that later that day I walked into <laughs> that same store took down whatever signage I wanted and walked out with.
1: <laughs> ah, there's two types of people. People who steal and give to the poor, and Justin. <laughs> hey,
0: wait a minute. Once it's hit liquidation, anything goes, and fuck Toys R Us. So 30 years earlier in that very store, I bought Plastic Man, wow. I bought Cyborg, uh, You bought Shazam, a Cyborg in the store? In the store, in that Burbank Toys R Us.
2: What's weird to me is the perception that Cyborg is the rarest figure in the third wave. I was going to say, you had
1: kind of a wow when Justin said he bought it in the store, was I, it? I've
2: never met anyone that's bought a Cyborg in a store. But he was available. Yeah. But people act like he was made in fewer quantities. But he's not. He's, he's now, the most expensive regular figure.
0: I'll say I never saw him again. That okay. was a weird thing about that third wave. It, weird at the time when I was a kid, because I didn't know any better. That... When I got I remember I got they had everybody mm-hmm. at Burbank. And I got Plastic Man, Cyborg, um uh, Mr. Freeze. Okay. And one other who
2: Golden f- Pharaoh. Mr
0: Mr. Miracle. Okay. Um Oh, and I I eventually got Cyclotron, too, later on. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, Sweet, sweet. Never – and I eventually got Shazam as well. But never got Golden Pharaoh, never got Samurai. And I don't think I ever saw Golden Pharaoh or Samurai at that store. But I saw all the others. And I just remember they were there at Burbank for like a week, and then I never saw them again.
2: Interesting. Okay.
0: And the Plastic Man especially – I absolutely loved. Oh, he's great. Because at the time, there was a Plastic Man show on television. Yeah, yeah. And just like I thought those were Batman and Robin figures from the 66 Batman, I assumed there was a Plastic Man because there was a Plastic Man show. And I loved the Plastic Man show. This was a Plastic Man cartoon, but it had wraparounds with a live action Plastic Man.
1: That sounds awesome.
0: And I loved it. And that's why when I saw that toy hanging on the shelf...
1: Didn't he have a plastic baby, too?
0: Plastic baby, plastic jet. He had all sorts of plastic everything. Anything plastic, he had.
1: I miss when DC's whole thing was, if their name is the thing, that's just it. Everything Batman owns is Bat-done. Everything plastic man... He has got a plastic wife, and a plastic car, and a plastic home, and a plastic house
0: yes, we plastic it, baby. And a lot a lot of people I feel like considered that third line to be like third rate characters. But to me, I thought Plastic Man was right up there on yeah, par yeah. with Batman and Superman cuz he was one of those guys that had his own show. And but but Shazam, Shazam had a show
2: too, you know, right? There was that where they again live action where they'd wander in the desert driving a Winnebago.
0: I remember as a kid Shazam confused me cuz I it looked like Superman but it had A Thunderbolt instead of an S, I figured that must have something to do with Superman. Shazam has
1: confused everybody. Next year, we are going to get a Shazam movie and a Captain Marvel. Well, I guess this year we're getting the get... No, yeah, they're both next year. They're both next year. Captain Marvel and Shazam. And at one point, both of those characters have the same name. So Jason Geyer
2: actually came across a document that I, I can't remember if he put in the archives or not that showed that... Kenner basically made the decision to kill superpowers after the first wave shipped.
0: Really? Like what? they were,
2: and it wasn't because of sales. It was just that was kind of what Kenner was doing at the time. They were just kind of grind housing stuff. It was like, you know, the GI Joe Extreme, like it was all that. They'd just be like, okay, put that out, good, move on. Put that out, good. So they went ahead, you know, with. I mean, they were working on stuff all the way through fourth wave, but they kind of knew that this was a finite thing and we don't care
1: i was gonna say this is also and maybe i'm wrong but isn't this in that weird period where there was just no star wars stuff for kenner like this is post jedi isn't it like this is kind of when star wars as a property went dormant
2: it's no it's still they kind of ran power the force ran the same time 84 okay. through 86 so but it was again kind of not a lot of people were collecting Right. Droids, yeah. Ewoks, it cartoon. Was a, I just, and- I,
0: it was a weird, sad time for me as, as a toy fan, as a kid, because I loved the superpowers line. I still loved the Star Wars line. Yeah. And they both ended about the same time. Yep. And it was so confusing to me why there weren't more superpowers and Star Wars toys.
1: It's confusing to think of a time when Star Wars wasn't dominant anymore. Wait a couple of
0: years.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll see.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the, I mean, we know they—we know that they sculpted
2: for Wave Four, Manbat. Uh, they sculpted uh, Shockwave, which was a Blue Devil villain. They sculpted El Dorado, that was in the animated series. They sculpted uh, what was that other dude's name? Uh, Silicon, which was a made-up character. And is that it that we know that they made? I feel like there was one I more. I feel
0: like I've seen a Catwoman.
2: Skull. The, the the Catwoman, we have determined that she was not ever going to be part of that. Because that was the purple costume, and that was not in the comics at that time. So that was Lee's... or. I can't remember if it was Lee's. I think it was Lee's or Tomart's. Yeah. One of them put that into the universe that that was a superpowers. We've kind of determined that she was never, never going to be part of it.
0: Now those are the ones that there are sculpts of. Yes, but I feel like I've seen lists of possible figures that include, like Solomon Grundy.
2: Yeah, we've uh, actually on AFI we've got a whole superpowers archive that we. W- there was a a guy came into. This toy shop in Cincinnati that was an old Kenner guy and he had all these slides and we actually got to reveal that scoop, you know, two decades ago or so, uh, 12 years ago, I guess, of this is what the fourth wave was going to be. There was they I mean, they looked at doing just like a Lois Lane line. They looked at doing like a Green Lantern spinoff. Uh, but yeah, they, they did a lot of designs for characters and sh- vehicles and
1: playsets. And they were going to be like a space shuttle. Like they drew up a ton of stuff. How well did this line sell? Because that's a lot of work for something that they ultimately were going to kill after wave one.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, it was, I'm sure, kind of the law of diminishing returns as you got yeah. further away from Superman and Batman. Uh, but they they were it was going to be the first time that Kenner did deluxe figures too so there was going to be I think it was called the Power Plus line and they were going to have light up features in them Uh, we've seen sculpts for Darkseid Firestorm, Batman and Robin and maybe Cyborg I think so they would use some parts of the existing figure like legs but like Firestorm had like Flames coming off his sleeves, and they were going to be translucent. They, they actually did, uh, they cast Dark Side in a translucent plastic that would have had a light up feature and stuff. So, all this stuff has come out in the past, you know, 10, 12 years about hey, there, there was going to be this other stuff. You know, we know that they were going to make the Dark Side fortress. Yeah, that thing set. looked
0: incredible. And oh, yeah. I remember seeing that when I was a kid like thinking that that was going to come out. I don't know if it I was think it was on, on the back card-back. of the card
2: back of Wave 3, yeah. And then the other vehicle was the All-Terrain Trapper, that little tricycle thing that had a big ball in the front that you could capture, and that went all the way to prototype phase like there's there's uh I actually have for the dark side. You remember Kenner back in the day when they'd make a big box like the at or the, the Millennium Falcon. The artwork would be like black line art, but the front would be a full color sticker. Yeah. So I've got that sticker for the dark side fortress. I think there's about really? 10 of them in existence. Yeah.
0: That is impressive. Yeah.
2: That's so cool. <laughs>
0: that no, we haven't touched upon with the first wave, the vehicles and playsets.
1: Okay. Oh, I yes. thought you were going to do this all separately. I've just been sitting on the vehicles and playsets. <laughs> I'm very excited. I would about say this.
0: next to Star Wars, probably the best vehicle and playset line. And, and no I Castle even, Grayskull I, from He-Man. I prefer. Like I think these were the best vehicles and playsets. But with Star Wars, we just got so many more. But it's a hard, like, it's hard to hold it you up. You also,
1: for me, you just can't beat a Star Wars ship design. You just can't. You well, just, no one's going to beat an X-Wing and a Falcon. I
0: say you can. And that's <laughs> with this Batmobile. Because this is, I will see like you the Batmobile, my favorite toy of all time. Really? Strong stuff. That Batmobile is my favorite toy of all time. Yep. It blew my mind when it came out, and it was the perfect toy to play with. Have you ever played with the Superpowers Batmobile?
1: Not this one. My Batmobile was the 90s animated series Batmobile that the Batjet would pop out of, and I will say that does rival some Star
0: Wars sets. And, and, a, and a great toy on its own, but this Batmobile had so many play features. You could play with this thing for hours.
2: It's true. You had pop-up pop up headlights. Yep. You had a battering ram uh-huh. in the front. You had a claw that would capture things in the back. It was sturdy. It you was could drink? do anything yeah. oh, with yeah, this yeah, thing. Yeah. You I
1: could love that. crash
0: it into anything.
1: I love that in the box, it looks like he's running over Joker in, like, Southern California desert. There's rocks. There's what looks like to be a little cactus. I don't know what scenario Batman and the Joker got here but I like that this is how they showcased this toy.
0: I feel like this was the tail end of the Bronze Era where Batman was like rarely in the city. Yeah. Like he was out just like in the woods or in the desert or (laughs) just like anywhere but Gotham in the late 70s and early 80s. (laughs) True. Gotham was
1: fine then.
0: Gotham went to shit during the Reagan years and (laughs) Keaton Batman had to show up to clean things up. To make it
1: happen. I'll tell you I don't buy that this Batmobile is driving around the desert I did a film shoot in the Dumont Dunes and I got my Chevy Aveo stuck in the sand many times. Well, this is preposterous. This has got some wide tires, (laughs) man. Wide, wide tires for gripping action.
0: We also had the Supermobile, which uh, I feel like some people give it crap because Superman can fly.
2: The Supermobile is not stupid once you get to Wave 3 and you have the Justice Jogger. That is true. That's where you start,
0: like no one
2: Chalker. can use their legs why is he sitting on the robot leg
0: thing it was one of the few things that even as a kid I looked at and it was just like passed yeah. oh miss my mom will buy this for me for free no thank you <laughs> oh my
1: god I am looking at this now was this just Krang's prototype when the body isn't around uh, this is like if Xavier what is really you missed know what walking, the story
0: is behind this.
1: I, I I mean, it was just you know,
0: <laughs> was this the Jedi jogger at some point?
2: No, but it was kind of you know, like they had had success with like the Star Wars mini rigs, the stuff that was sort of off screen but in that universe. And you know, they were. I'm sure someone in a meeting was like, "Well, let's have a wind up thing that walks." <laughs> it's like, well, wow, wh- who are we gonna put in it? You know, Calabac. It's like
1: yeah, Superman sells everything, but put Superman in there. Was this, like, after he had the horse accident and was paralyzed and needed to get around?
0: Oh. If Christopher Reeve had had a Justice Jogger, he (laughs) may still be alive today. (laughs) (laughs) That was the selling
1: point when they brought it
0: back. Uh, On top of the vehicles, you also had one of my greatest... uh, One of the greatest play sets of all time, which doubled as a carrying case, and that is the Hall of Justice. Uh, The Hall of Justice, which... I, did it appear in the comic book before Super Friends?
2: No, I think Super Friends was the
0: first That's appearance of that I, design. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And that design is based off of a train station in Cincinnati. Correct. Yep. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. They just, 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 just Kara just decided, or Super Friends just decided, we're going to steal the architectural design <laughs> of a Cincinnati train station. And
2: if you look at it, like, look it up, it's just like, I need you to go there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the next time you're in Cincinnati.
2: Meanwhile, the Hall of Justice.
0: (laughs) Meanwhile, in Cincinnati. (laughs)
2: Meanwhile, the Cincinnati
0: train station. It had everything. It was kind of
2: of a bizarre place. It was was not the Death Star (laughs) space station. It was not as classy as that. It was like it had a helipad that kind of
1: sat on top of it and a... Jail cell that held nobody and not one place to put your Justice Jogger. That thing's going to get stolen on day one. Totally, yeah, yeah. That's like the new L.A. Birds, those scooters you have to scan to get going.
0: So we teased it a little bit, Blake, at the beginning that we would tell you about the Argentinian (laughs) exclusive figures. Yeah, I
1: want to hear about that immediately.
0: (laughs) So there is a Riddler, and the Riddler is just a repainted green lantern. And it was only released in Argentina
2: yeah, so the Kenner would license out stuff to other countries, and this is where superpowers especially gets real murky because there were probably uh, probably ten different companies that made superpowers figures for other countries uh there's estrella there's uh, uh, Passia, there's there's just all these different ones, so there 's all these card variations and there's some paint variations and things, but yeah, there there was a Riddler figure, uh, which I it's, you know it's whatever it's in Spanish or Argent, Argentinian uh, that just yeah straight up repainted uh, Green Lantern. And
0: I I have one of these uh, on the card, and I pulled it out to take a look at it before coming to record the podcast, mm-hmm. and it looks like a bootleg.
2: Yeah, the colors are real mismatched on his legs, and
0: even the way that the card that the bubbles like attached to the card, yeah, it looks like it was done not by like a big company, but just like someone making a custom yes figure. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very weird.
2: But he's super, like he's tough to find. He's very, very valuable now. I,
1: I remember I oh wow, my he note. is
0: just a green. You
1: can tell so hard that that's just a Green <laughs> yeah. Lantern figure. Yeah, that they is... didn't
0: even remove the ring. <laughs> Yep, there it is. That is crazy. It has his Riddler ring that summons riddles. Yeah.
2: But that I remember picking amazing. that up. <laughs> I picked up a card when I found it at a toy show in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it was like 50 bucks on the card. And I thought that was insane. I was like, I can't spend that. But I've, I knew I'd never see it again. I picked it up, and I'm glad I did. I've got it to this day.
0: Yeah, I got it in a... Uh, I bought it at a comic book store in Orange County, California... Probably in, like, 89 or 90. Wow. They had, like, pulled it out. You know, everything Batman was selling, like, hotcakes in 89. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I remember they pulled that thing out and put it up for sale. And I feel like I probably paid around the same, like, 50 or $75, which was just an insane amount of money for me at the yeah. time. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: But I had to have it. I didn't know if I'd ever see another one again. And you don't really see them. No. And even the loose ones go for just bonkers.
1: What well, if well, I well. just repainted a Green Lantern superpower and tried to sell that? Oh, sure. You could do that. <laughs> you, but again, you <laughs> could Indistinguishable
2: to the human you eye. You couldn't quite match, like, the weird green legs that were a different color and,
1: like, it was just different plastic. And Nor was, could
0: you ever get uh, the amount of lead that's probably in that paint today. That well, is true. Justin,
1: I do have a lead guy on reserve. <laughs> He's got his own lead guy. Wow. I had no
0: idea. <laughs> you never know so when you're going to need lead guys. Guys. <laughs> It's
2: true. And then and, there was
0: another Argentinian figure besides Riddler.
2: Well, there was Captain Rayo. <laughs> right. Which is a Aquaman head on a Superman body repainted to be a character I no I would watch ever that Zack
1: Snyder movie every single day.
2: <laughs> but then there was also the Abominable Snowman, which was a repaint of a Toy Biz Hulk, like a white a white version of that uh, also on like a weird foreign card.
0: I think there's an, an argument that can be made that the Riddler and those figures are not superpower figures.
2: There are people that believe that. Yeah. There's some hardcore guys that, that agree that that's not part of the Kenner superpower line. So I don't need them.
0: I know over the years I've had people I think just those people call it just like a straight up bootleg.
1: Right. But I love it. I
0: it love was that factory produced.
1: Commission. Yeah. I mean, uh, Even if you don't consider that a part of the line, this is some of the best history that any toy line has. And one of my favorite parts about this line, having researched it and talking about it here, this line encapsulates this age of DC that I still think of when I think of DC so well that they seem to have, I don't want to say abandoned, but buried a little bit. Like, it's not in any of the comics right now. Tom King has Batman running around in a yellow line and around his B symbol and the Teen Titans Go looks very different. And almost everything that's DC's biggest brand right now, the Zack Snyder stuff, the Wonder Woman stuff, is darker. This was a, a peppier, fun, zanier time where the Joker did have a big mallet and the Penguin did have his colorful umbrella. And But every so often, the gatekeepers
2: kind of let it slip back through because, like, Gentle Giant was able to do the jumbos. Coto did that line. Right. of their artifacts that was in the same style box.
1: There
0: was uh, the little tiny ones. The
2: bare Bricks. Oh, well, yeah, General Giant did the yes, that first well. wave of yeah, that were in Walgreens.
1: Well, I'm very surprised that like Funko who did all that reanimation stuff hasn't done anything like this. Like I was even in a Target the other day and I was not paying attention to the line, but they were selling a Power Rangers figure that was just the old 90s one with the flipping head. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. it comes in, like, a plastic glass case. Like, it's very nice. I <laughs> yeah. almost bought it because it's awesome. And I was like, why, why aren't other toy lines digging into this nostalgia? Like, how is
0: there not just Mattel a... Mattel tried a couple of years back with their DC line to do some tip of the hats to the Superpowers line. Yeah. And I think they made every Superpower character...
2: Yeah, they're not they're not all spot on. Like we don't have a Batman that's exactly like that Batman. Yeah. You know, the Superman coloring has always been weird. Uh but they they yeah, they went all the way. They finally recolored Calabac. We don't have an Orion that matches. There there was a couple of that we did, but they did do they really did replicate that Riddler even with the Great. weird leg colors yes. as, Great. by repainting their Green Lantern figure. Uh, but, and they released them on Superpowers esque cards yeah. also, so yeah, every so often, like and, and like Tweeterhead has a line of statues that they're calling Superpowers and using that logo. So uh, some stuff kind of slips out every so often. And I'm and, a
0: sucker for any of that stuff. Like you yeah. put those Superpowers designs on anything, t-shirts, anything. I'm going to buy it.
2: Yep, absolutely.
0: During uh, in the late '90s, early 2000s, for some reason, at the Six Flags amusement parks. They were using that superpower style guide mm-hmm. for their like kind of low tier DC merchandise, like glasses and shirts and That's hats awesome. and stuff like that. And the exact R- Riddler logo from that Super Amigos Riddler, I remember appearing on like glasses and stuff at the parks, and just buying all that stuff because like like pendants, yeah, just things that. Not that I need any of this stuff, but stuff I especially don't need.
2: But all through the 80s, too, like they released a ton of weird, you know, like uh, glasses, flashlights, puffy stickers. There's a superpowers wind sock that I own, Uh, puzzles, like there was a ton of that stuff using that same... Style, guide, and logo back then.
1: It stuck for a while. This is almost the art style that I, for some reason, also associate with kids who had birthday parties that were DC-themed. These were, like, the plastic paper plates and knives and those weird little cuffs. Valentines. Yeah.
2: uh, Yep, yep. They had those... They used to do, back in the 70s and 80s, those big, like, articulated cardboard characters that you'd stick on your wall for birthday parties. So... There superpowers versions of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. The other thing
0: that, that's interesting about the superpowers line, and I feel like this really speaks to how many people were excited by this line and loved this line and the impact that the line had. It was the first line that I ever saw people make customs mm, yep. on Cards that looked like the cards. Like, I remember seeing very bad Star Wars customs back in the day. I feel like everyone tried to make a Han Trooper and a removable helmet Vader. Right. But with the Superpowers line, people made cards and very accurate figures. And I even remember some being sold in the old Toy Fair magazine.
2: Well, it was pre Toy Fair, pre internet, there was a, 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 a newspaper you got at your comic book shop called. Toy Shop.
0: Toy Shop, that's what I'm thinking of.
2: Yes. And there was a guy in there, Scooters Custom Toy Works.
0: That's it, exactly.
2: Uh, and he would have this, you know, this great black and white ad that would show these figures on cards, and you'd send him three dollars, and he would send you a color Xerox of all the figures he had done. And I was dirt pouring in college, and my buddy sent away for that. And I would he made me copies of it, a color copy, and I would pour. I still have some of his ads cut out of the magazine, and just drooled over things. And and later, like on MySpace, I got to meet Scooter, the guy's name is Scott, and communicate with him. And probably three years ago, two or three years ago, it came up on eBay. I was able to buy one of his carded Batgirl and Supergirls from that era.
0: That's great. Yeah, because I, I remember being very confused when I first saw those. They shop. Great. Like, were these unreleased figures? Was yeah. this a wave? Was this something with the Riddler? Like,
2: he called what them are extra they? powers, but the, you know, he did it all. You know, this was back in you know when you would have to do things on Xerox machines to to you know cut and paste and everything together. Yeah, there was no computer you know magic that you could do to make your own cards, and he he did it all. And they look great.
0: I remember occasionally. I would run into one of them at a comic book convention mm. and somebody would be trying to pass them off as like a prototype yeah, yeah. or like an unreleased superpower figure. And they could because yeah. they looked that good.
2: Yeah. But he was bound and determined he would only use other superpowers' parts to make them. He wouldn't use parts from any other toy line. Every so often he'd fudge and, you know, there's like, I think his Green Lantern, his uh, his John Stewart Green Lantern used like the... Uh, That African-American head from Congo. You know, they would have to be other in-scale Kenner figures.
0: Not that Kenner didn't do that themselves. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) When? Before we go, favorite superpowers figure?
2: It's like asking me to choose my favorite kid. Uh, Dr. Fate was what got me into it, but I also love Brainiac.
1: That's my backup.
0: Both very, very good choices. Blake, I know you're new to this superpowers thing.
1: Well, see, the thing is, I'm looking at them all right now, and where I'm getting tripped up is there were a lot of bootlegs, there were a lot of fake ones. So I saw a Batgirl and a Catwoman When those are awesome, not real. <laughs> there's
2: there's a, There's a company right now called Industrial Toy Works that is making factory-made bootlegs on beautiful cards of superpowers, uh, they're doing a bunch of the fourth wave ones. They, but you know, they do like they have Wendy and Marvin and Mirror Master and uh, Black Adam. And the first waves of them are terrible. They're hard resin. A lot of them are held together with magnets. They some look like they've been sculpted out of you know chewing gum. But the cards are stunning, and I can't find out who this guy is. I've been trying for years. To learn who this guy is that's making them. The new ones look better, but uh, they're I mean he's mass producing them and he's selling them on eBay right
0: mm-hmm. now. Well, if anybody out there knows who that guy is, please reach out to me. It us. might
1: be this Aquaman one that I'm looking at right now. It just pops so much. And that's weird for me to say. I'm not a big Aquaman guy. I respect that. But that looks so good.
0: <laughs> oh, it's a great-looking figure. Oh, man. I, mean, the, I feel like this line made me love characters that I don't know if I would have loved otherwise. Totally. Like the Aquaman, the Green Arrow. Oh, the Green Arrow oh, is figure. such a gorgeous figure. And again,
2: what an action feature. You yeah. Know, to d- pull up, yeah. Everyone lost those arrows the, instantly, the instant
0: you
1: opened the bubble. But
0: the Green Arrow may have been my favorite. I can.
1: It is kind of the basic answer, but I love that Batman color scheme. I love that blue, blue. and gray. Yep. I, it's my
0: favorite. One thing that we skipped over, uh, the line may have the greatest mail-away figure of all time. Right. It had a Clark Kent that you could mail-away for. And as a kid, like— I didn't understand why they didn't have figures of Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent and Lois Lane and everybody. Yeah, yeah, So when I saw that there was going to be a Clark Kent figure, and they even somehow managed to make that look cool. Like, the blue on the suit really pops. Yep. Like, it's very appealing to a kid, even though it's just a dude in a suit.
2: Yeah. yeah and they did a couple of mail-aways. They had, like, the, the superpowers kit where you get, like, a newsletter and a patch and, you know, all that stuff. They had one where you could mail away for a, a, a Superman cape. And then they did the, the Clark Kent, which was great. And then they had plans to release Clark Kent on a card later. Like, the card art exists for that. So he was going to be probably somewhere in the fourth wave.
0: Is there a holy grail of superpowers collectibles that you want to obtain? You have some crazy <laughs> super ha- superpowers collectibles. As I do. It is. And you have some holy grails. Is there something out there that you know exists... That you don't have, that you would just kill for.
2: There's, there's a couple, yes, uh, a couple of the prototypes for Fourth Wave went up for sale, and I was doing a payment plan on one of them, and because uh, I, I just I wanted to own one of those, and another, I was paying money because you know again I was you know a poor. Poor college kid uh, in grad school, and uh, another collector came in and offered them a crazy amount of money, and they just sold it to that guy and returned my money. Uh, Yeah, uh, that was Shockwave.
0: uh, Wow.
2: Yep. Uh, I would also love any pre-production Aquaman stuff, of course. Any of the pre-production stuff I really love. Uh, And I would love to somehow get, you know, even a casting of El Dorado,
1: like... That would be pretty sweet. But how many Justice Joggers do you have? I have a loose one and a boxed one. Great.
0: So there you have it. Probably more than a couple of things that you never knew before about superpowers.
1: <laughs> I learned so much today.
0: Uh, Daniel and I always down to talk superpowers for hours upon end. Great. Uh, I'd like to thank our guest, Daniel Pickett. Action Figure Insider is his website. And uh, I think that's it for this week, Blake.
1: That is it for this week, and thank you guys for listening so much. Obviously, we appreciate it, and without you, we would just be two grown men talking about toys in our spare time. So keep listening, keep downloading. Leave us a review on iTunes, give us five stars, cause let's be honest, that was a five-star interview and a five star podcast.
0: And tell us who you want to have on the podcast.
1: Yes. And you can do that by emailing us at HowDoYouFigure. figure. Now that's H-O-W-D-O-Y-A, how do you figure podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at how do you figure PC. We're on Instagram at how do you figure podcast, and our Facebook page is also Facebook.com slash how do you figure. Podcast.